Weekday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Coffee with Clarissa on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome. At the Singapore Science Centre's latest exhibition, DinoQuest will showcase rare fossil displays set against backdrops designed to resemble the prehistoric age. Held from June 1st to August 31st at the Annex, there are early bird ticket pricings that I should highlight to you because they run out pretty soon at the end of May at $14.40 for adults and $12 for children, basically 20% off original prices which then come into application after the end of this month. These are all available from Cystic and at the Singapore Science Centre's Ticket Encounters. Now, this is curated by world-renowned paleontologist Professor Patricia Vickers-Rich. DinoQuest consists of seven thematic zones, each brought to life through cutting-edge multimedia and RIFD, RFID tracking technology for an immersive experience. What can I say? I'm dyslexic, with animatronics, holographs and virtual reality on show. This exhibition also marks the first ever showcase of Professor Vickers Rich's discovery, the Timimus dinosaur. She's going to tell me all about it in just a bit. Money FM 89.3 welcomes Professor Patricia Vickers Rich, curator, DinoQuest, Science Centre Singapore, to tell us, well, basically everything. Welcome to the show. Well, you told me we only had nine minutes or something oh. like that. <laughs> well, we, I just spent three talking about you. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. It is my pleasure. Okay. Timimus, is that right? Timimus. Timimus. Yeah, it's named after a, two Tims. Two Tims? Two Tims, one of whom is my son, Tim. Okay. Tim the other one of who is a well-known uh, climate scientist called Tim Flannery. Okay. And, and there's reasons behind that. Okay. So this Timimus dinosaurs, now some of them aren't huge, monstrous creatures. Mm. Some of them are little cute little things. Mm. Which one did you discover? He's in between. He's in He's, between. And it's not just me that discovered him. I had 700 people over time working with my husband and I mm-hmm. that found them. Uh, he's about... Our size, about your and my size. Okay. Yeah, no, and but he's fast and. Uh, What's he bird-like? Or? Uh, yeah, in some ways. In fact, he's been uh, reconstructed by Peter Trussler, who is our artist, who's mm-hmm. one of the finest paleo reconstruction artists that's on the planet, mm-hmm. uh, with hair or feather-like uh, structures. So uh, he is in a group that did give rise to birds. Okay. Now let's go back to DinoQuest. Tell us all about it. I mean, I we had a conversation before the microphone came on, and I said. My kids grew up with their dinodexes. They love dinosaurs. They're yep. fascinated with them. Children are. Yep. So tell us why every parent in Singapore has to bring their child to DinoQuest. Well, because parents are children too. <laughs> <laughs> I this was sitting true. next to one of my interviewees uh, earlier today and he said, I'm just a child. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a child in everybody. Um, when we started working with the, uh, the Science Center, and I've worked with them for years, mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, exhibitions with them, and uh, so I thought this was going to be sort of uh, similar but with some add-ons. Uh, we set up our exhibition, took it down, set it up again, uh, and uh, then went away for mm-hmm. about two, two, oh, three weeks. And I came back and I could not believe what I saw before my eyes because DinoQuest has not only the, the sort of traditional uh, dinosaur materials in it, it's got all the science mm-hmm. in it. 
but it's also got all kinds of ways of uh, seeing what these dinosaurs look like and turning them into living organisms. It's got uh, animatronics, which have been done using the art of Peter Trussler and the science that we have so that the legs move right, the wings move right of the pterosaurs, the mm-hmm. mouth moves right of the giant amphibian who's waiting in the water <laughs> to eat you up. Uh, but in addition, what I really like about this exhibition is that you get uh, you get a, a bone when you come in and you are able to follow the identification of that bone, what kind of environment that bone came from, what kind of an organism it, re- it relates. You act as a scientist as you go through. That's why I think that not only the kids are going to be interested in this, but I was interested in the way they managed uh, digi- oh, you know, digi- parents will just be really cool about it, but we're the ones that are really going to be oh, doing all I the work. Oh, I think a lot <laughs> of parents are going to be really good. So in the end, you come, you act as a science. You do the scientific research. You're not just said this dinosaur or this flying reptile or this ancient amphibian. You know, this is what they look like and this is the evidence for it. You have to actually explore. And then you come out at the end and you figure out what you've got. And then you get to get a printout of it. You get to color it in with the colors that you think that it might have been. And then all of a sudden it appears on the screen before your very eyes, flying or running or whatever. It's just I've never done an exhibition like this with the the partners that we've worked with. They're fantastic. All right. We are speaking to Professor Patricia Vickers-Rich, curator, DinoQuest at the Science Center Singapore. Now, you are a very, very well-respected paleontologist. I, I'm going to take a tangent here for a minute. I love the Jurassic Park movies. Mm, yeah. How realistic are they? I think the first one in particular was the most realistic. I mean, uh, we can't recreate uh, T-Rex as far as I know because mm-hmm. DNA kind of degrades really quickly. Yeah. But the animation that is in that uh, 1993 version of mm-hmm. Jurassic Park was, was brilliant. Uh, and the animation that we've now got in Dino Quest, it's been done by Digimagic and uh, Dino uh, Design Format. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is certainly of that quality and beyond. Uh, so that part of that part of Jurassic Park, I really like. There's other parts in it that are imaginary and impossible, but it did capture, you know, it did capture the imagination. And at the same time that that exhibition came out, I was working with the Russians. Mm-hmm. We brought an exhibition out of Russia called the Great Russian Dinosaur Exhibition, and we managed to convince Australia Post to actually do some stamps of our dinosaurs and all three of those things came out at the same time it was magnificent and it was it, it, millions of people went through that exhibition our exhibition saw that movie etc that was a really good try it was a good time for dinosaurs oh, it was a good time for dinosaurs <laughs> and after that i think they've still stayed you know really in the public eye I think that the public, myself included, has a very romanticized idea of what that time must have been, dinosaurs in general. It was just all very majestic and and very beautiful in so many ways. The movie made it look beautiful. It did make it look beautiful, but it also made it look pretty scary. Yeah, well, I did say (laughs) I want to live there. (laughs) Pretty scary. This is true. They were big. Yeah, some were. Tell us a little bit more about the RFID tracking technology used in powering up DynaQuest? Well, when you come in, you're either given a, a, a tag with uh, some information on it mm-hmm. or you're given a torch. And, okay. you, and you're given one unknown item. 
And that's the thing that makes this really, really different. This is Digimagic in design format mm-hmm. together with the scientists and together with the educators in, uh, in the Singapore Science Center. And that's what I'm saying. It's You become a scientist. You become a researcher. Okay. It's not you're being told this. And you can make mistakes. You can go through there and you can, you can uh, analyze something in the wrong way and you just get a bleh and you don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay. But by the end, you have figured out on your own what you think your, uh, your, ancient, your, you know, your unknown bone is. That's something quite unusual and quite different than Sounds any other. fascinating. It is. Yeah, you've got to come. How long? How long? How long do you think it would take end to end? A couple of hours? Well, it just depends upon how fast you are. I'm not very quick, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about it, I think you'll be drawn by other things in the exhibition. Like, for instance, come and take a look through this microscope and you'll see some pollen and spores of the mm. plants that the dinosaurs were eating. And you'll then you'll get another case that's got a whole bunch of teeth in it and a claw. And they ask you to tell the difference between the teeth and the claw or what the animal ate. So you kind of get distracted from your doing your own thing with the unknown that you've got. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you're like me, I get distracted and I might take two hours to go through it. If mm-hmm. you're like my son, he would probably be through it in, you know, half an hour. Yeah. No, I think I'll take two hours. <laughs> I want to see everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to experience it of all. Of course. You are also going to be showcasing Tamimus. Yes. The dinosaur that you and 700 other people discovered yeah, together. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit more about Tobimus. You said he had hair or feather-like things. Is he going to be one of those that we might, at the end of our journey, discover that that's what we found? It might be. I'm not going to give you the answer to that. Oh, you're not going to ruin it for me? No, no, no. I'm not going to give you the answer to that. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, but Tomimus is a good example of how science works and what really got me into science. Science is always discovering something new. Mm. And you may think you have an answer to something. Uh, it might not be the right answer. And so you keep exploring. And when Tamimus was first found, it was a femur, a, a thigh bone. Mm-hmm. When it was first found, it looked the most similar to a group of dinosaurs called ornithomimosaurs. You have to pronounce that several times. Okay, and, <laughs> and ornithomimosaurs were things that were related distantly to uh, T-Rex, but they were toothless. And so Tim, our son, uh, was named this after his his uh, sister had a dinosaur named after her, mm-hmm. which was a herbivore. And he wasn't very happy because he didn't think he could eat her. So anyway, <laughs> then later Strange on... Strange family you have. <laughs> later on, we found some more material of Tamimus right. that was associated with that thigh bone. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it is very closely related to T-Rex. It's a small, fleet, fast-running, very vicious, probably... Um, something related to T-Rex. And so then, you know, Tim called his sister up and said, I can eat you now. I can eat you now. Yeah, right. (laughs) But the most important thing about it is that science changes. And that's what excites me about it is that you're always able to think about making new discoveries. And don't be afraid to change your mind on something if you get more information. Sure. Okay. We are speaking to Professor Patricia Vickers-Rich, curator, DinoQuest Science Center, Singapore. Now, you, you raised an interesting point. Um, science can change. Um, part of, of I think, the fascination with dinosaurs and, and that long ago period is how it can relate to us now and in the future. What do you think we can learn from that? What have we learned from that, from that time? 
Well, I, I think uh, as one of the themes in this exhibition is the past is the is a way of predicting the future mm. and of things that happen. So you look at times of crisis in the past, and this is the dinosaurs that we have, which are polar dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and this is the only polar dinosaur exhibition that I know is on the road that's been out there, is that these were dinosaurs living near the South Pole under the most extreme conditions that dinosaurs could have lived. One mm-hmm. of them is called Quantosaurus intrepidus, mm-hmm. and there's a story behind why it's named Quantosaurus source that I could tell you if we had millions of time. <laughs> but but the, uh, the, the point is intrepidus means that it's, they're intrepid. So why did these really tough dinosaurs... Uh, Sounded go, like they were smart too. Uh, well, they, I don't know whether they were too smart, but on the other hand, they, you know, they, they went extinct as well. Mm. And it was only things that related to things like uh, Tamimus that managed to make it across the border. Why? And you'll find out when you go to the exhibition that... Oh, vol- you nasty. Volcanoes and meteorites <laughs> might have had something to do with it. And therefore, at the moment, we are the volcanoes. Humans are putting so much crud up into the air and Mm. so much garbage in the seas, etc. We are the ones that are pushing our luck and also population size. So that's something to look at from what happened in the past Mm -hmm. to trying to craft our future. And you're going to come out of this exhibition. You're going to have a whole list of things that you can do as a human, as a single human, as an individual human that might make our future a lot nicer than it would be if we don't start doing something about it. Okay. That's definitely a message that uh, we try to put out as often as possible here on this show. Yes. Um, and and it, it does matter. I, I don't know why it took us so long to realize it. Mm. But I'm, I'm glad that some of us and more and more people are starting to realize that we can't treat the planet the way we have been. Right. Um, I'm, I'm very curious as parents. Now, there's no danger of my children suddenly waking up and, and becoming brilliant. <laughs> Mother, oh. <laughs> come on! No, it's true. They know this, <laughs> but oh dear. you know, paleontology. To you know, to a lot of people, it, it's a big word. What does it really mean? Why did you want to become a, a paleontologist? Um, I didn't actually want to become a paleontologist. Oh, okay. I, I started out uh, very, very young. Uh, I was an entomologist. I was in, really interested in insects because I grew up on a farm mm-hmm. and there were insects all around me. And without going into the detail, I had a dollhouse that was filled with uh, with shelves, filled with uh, jars, filled with dead insects. Okay. Because at four years old, really I was really, really, girl. I was weird. I was weird, <laughs> weird. My my uncle, who was a boat builder, took a look at that after he'd built me this dollhouse and he said, oh my goodness, what's going to happen with this girl? But I was interested in biodiversity mm. and uh, so if somebody really wants to become a paleontologist which studies ancient life paleo mm-hmm. ancient uh, tology ology is study of um, you really need to have a pretty broad background you really need to understand biology botany you need to understand uh, rocks and environments and all that sort of stuff so you need to have that kind of education if you decide after you know you get to be 14 years old that you really don't want to do that if you've got those kinds of interests they can be used in all kinds of ways mm-hmm. um, and so you need a broad education and uh, also you need an education if you can in the arts because you know you need to be able to sketch what you're thinking and put it on paper I guess you've got computers now that can help you do that but I still think sketching something out from what you have in your mind has got some real you know positive aspects of it so my feeling is if you want if you think you're going down that track get as much experience in as many different fields as possible and then uh, you know if there's no job in paleontology you might be able to do a number of other things okay it sounds like you have to be incredibly curious as well oh yeah that's just natural (laughs) (laughs) hmm yes what's next for you another 
dinosaur discovery, maybe? Well, I've actually stopped working kind of on dinosaurs. I work on really old things, okay. uh, things that are about 600 million to about 1 billion years old in Africa. And so not too long after I leave here, uh, my husband and I, my technician and a couple of other colleagues are heading off to Namibia mm-hmm. to uh, to basically uh, map some rocks and take a look for the fossils that we're looking at there, which are things that came before mammals, before mammals, yes, but before animals. They were a weird group of mini-celled organisms mm-hmm. that came and, and differenti- differentiated before the animals arose about 550 million years ago. So I, I'm doing that. But I'm also interested in early childhood education and because curiosity is there in children and you don't want to kill it. You want to encourage it. And the How dino, do you do that? How do you dino, encourage it? Dino Quest is a good start. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you smooth. <laughs> no, but also parents, and I'm sure you are exactly the same way with your kids, is get them to look at things, come up with their own ideas, give them the feeling that they, you know, they have the ability to do this. Don't just make them memorize things. Mm. Uh, even if you live in a city – Goodness, coming into the studio today, you have the most beautiful granites in, in the floor mm. out here. And you can tell all kinds of things from granites. You can tell how clo- how quickly it solidified, if it was slow, if it, it you know solidified really quickly from molten mass, those kinds of things. And if you've got some knowledge, any knowledge, just pass it on to the kids and get them to get some confidence uh, in their ability to observe mm-hmm. and to come up and have a discussion with adults. And that's one way to really encourage curiosity. And DinoQuest will do that. When those kids go in there and when their parents go in there, even though they may not pretend to be very <laughs> interested in this, I think they will be. Oh, I, I know that I will be very interested in this. This is the kind of stuff that really did it for me as a child. Yeah. I, I was curious to to the point where I got grounded a lot. <laughs> My curiosity got me into places I shouldn't have been in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should. Maybe they should have been. Maybe they should have been. This has been such a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I too. We have been speaking to Professor Patricia Vickers-Rich, curator, DinoQuest Science Centre Singapore. So take her advice. Take the kids. Grab the entire family. Head out to the Singapore Science Centre for their latest exhibition. It is DinoQuest. It starts on the 1st of June, goes all the way to the 31st of August. I, I could tell you what tickets are priced at, but you know what? They are well priced enough that you are going to enjoy those hours. So just plan to do it, I think. You'll all come away with having been extremely well entertained. Don't you agree? I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for being on the show on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.